1: Hello everyone and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host and man, I have a show for you guys tonight. It is so chock full of stuff. I had to actually cut the main thing I wanted to talk about tonight. I had to cut that out because it ran so, it's going to run so long. ...that I didn't want to fatigue you guys, because I know I'm not the best podcaster out there, and it's hard for me to, to hold your attention for any length of time. I do appreciate everybody who listens to this show, obviously, but uh, I also want to be respectful of your time, and uh, as you probably found out last week, when I get really tired, I can ramble, and tonight I'm also kind of tired. So I'm going to save that for next week, and it might even just be its own independent thing, because I think it's re- something really cool... Um, It's a three-part series by a writer from Clean Technica, but as it is right now, uh, we have a lot to talk about, so why don't we jump right in and start. Uh, First thing, this is episode, by the way, this is episode 93, creeping up on that 100, which I'm really excited about. I just did a lot of prep work for episode 99, 100, and 101. Those are going to be pre-recorded shows with some friends of mine, some family members of mine, and some boyfriends of family members of mine. So, really excited about it. Let's get to the things I like. Real good pizza company. Um, This is a, my friend, Soddy. Turned me on to this. I don't know if he's even tried it. He just said, hey, you should look at this. And it is basically, it's got like a pizza crust, but it's made with Parmesan and chicken. And then it's got cheese and some sauce over the top of it. It was really good. It was also kind of expensive. It was $6 for a small pizza, but it was all, I would say it was fairly filling. So overall, I guess worth 6 bucks. It was tasty. Uh, back to the update section, I want to thank all of my Patreon supporters only two of you, but thank you very much. I really appreciate it. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt. And when you support the show, you get a free sticker. Um, and I throw a couple extra stickers in there, uh, for your laptop or whatever you want to use it on. Or if you want to throw them away, you get something to throw away. When we get 10, I'm going to give away a charger. So like a battery charger. Um, we're going to skip the Bloomberg Model 3 update because it kind of seems like it's not matching up with what Tesla's saying is going on, so I'm going to skip that. Uh, In terms of things I'd like to talk about today, first thing is, uh, Dale, who runs the Climate Report and Making Tracks podcast, you should go listen, I'll put a link in the show notes, uh, it's on Anchor, he sent a tweet and said, uh, there was an event in, sacramento that was being uh that wasn't being covered at all actually but dale actually went out and he recorded the event which is awesome and he put that on his podcast he did say that we could take um pieces of it if or i could take pieces of it he sent it out to three different podcasters teslanomics ryan mccaffrey from um the unofficial tesla podcast and me which is really nice of him. Um, I think I was going to take a little piece here and there, but I think you should go and listen to it. But I am going to insert uh, Dale's voice here in just a few seconds and let him kind of explain what it is, and then I'm going to encourage you guys to all go to Anchor and listen to Dale because um, it is a really good show. I will say this, though, because I was doing a little trying to do a little show uh, called Kilabit on Anchor, I do not enjoy the Anchor interface. I do not enjoy the Anchor interface at all. Um, Even though I'm subscribed to his podcast, it's still kind of a pain in the butt to try and find it every time I want to go and listen to it. So having said that, though, um, I would still encourage you to go listen. So let's go to Dale and see what he has to say about this event.
0: A special combined climate report and making tracks program follows. I RSVP'd to a Tesla invitation last week regarding sustainable transportation event at the Capitol. not knowing what to expect, but it's the middle of May is bike month and I could certainly ride down for a closer look. I headed out early on a short bike ride to a favorite coffee shop for some planning, got there just as the rain and thunder started. I waited for an opening and pedaled down to the Capitol. The Tesla event was lightly attended, likely due to the weather, but those that came enjoyed close looks at a couple of pretty, shiny, and now very wet Model 3s framed by the state capitol in the background. They also got some very impressive information about the potential economic benefit of moving to zero-emission vehicles. Tesla's lead designer referenced a new report about the company's economic footprint in California. I tracked down a copy and will link it to this report. The numbers are impressive and likely to grow the health and climate related information including savings provided by the american lung association in california were even more impressive and sum up to a huge savings for all living here i've also included a link to that report in the show notes as i headed out and the event was winding down a white tesla pulled into the event area Along with the red, silver, and blue ones already there, it would have made for quite a photo with the capital in the background, but apparently that wasn't taken by anyone. There appeared to be limited media coverage, and I haven't seen any reporting on this event, so I decided to put this report together to help get this important sustainable transportation information out.
1: So some of the speakers were uh, Franz von Holzhausen, which is Tesla's lead designer, A employee from Tesla, she talked about how Tesla has allowed her to have some money in the bank, uh, put some kids through college, and buy a house, which was really cool. Uh, The American Lung Association, I think it was the American Lung Lung Association, they talked about um, how uh, electric vehicles can improve air quality, and then there was uh, someone from the state of California, and they talked about uh, policies and how we could use policies to further uh, renewables and electric vehicles and that kind of thing. And then uh, there was an assemblyman who seemed like he was just kind of... I can't remember where he was from. Uh, I think it was like Death Valley or something. kind of just seems like he was wedged in there for some reason. But it wasn't like it, what he had to say wasn't terrible. It just wasn't as interesting as the other things. So I'm going to put the link in the show notes, and I would highly encourage you to do that. Uh, Dale's podcast is called... Um, Making Tracks and the Climate Report, I think. I'm pretty sure that's how how he puts it. Anyway, he says it in the beginning. I'll put the link in the show notes. Please, please, please go listen to Dale's podcast. It's really good. And he did a great job. So thank you, Dale, for doing that. Um, Where are we at? At My iPad shut off. Moving forward. uh, If you want to look at some videos that I found this week, they got... uh, T- Tesla C- CFO Deepak Ahuja and uh, he talks with some other CEOs from CFOs excuse me CFOs Chief Financial Officer he talks from to some other uh, Chief Financial Officers from Visa and Levi Strauss um, I find this man very interesting he is so smart um, it's worth it's worth watching I put a link to the boring company information session video um, I think I have a link to that in the last episode, but I just went ahead and put another one in there. And then there's a link to the Boring Company tunnel that they just finished. Um, and the, it shows the video, shows them kind of inside the tunnel, that kind of thing. Um, let's get to the kilobits section, and we'll get through this pretty fast. Here we go. Fred Lambert from Electric. Tesla's bringing back ventilated seats and uh, makes the Arachnid wheels available for purchase. I think you can only still buy those if you're buying the performance model. But the ventilated seats, I cannot tell you. I have uh, my old uh, captain. God bless him. He's he's not dead. He just works on a different shift. He had a Chevy F-150. Or not Chevy. Ford F-150 that's like all decked out. Right? This guy is a construction guy, makes a lot of money on his off days. Um, And his truck is really nice. But his truck has this feature with the ventilated seats. And in Arizona, I cannot stress enough how comfortable that truck is to ride in in the middle of the summertime. It was impressive. Um, Not to say my next car will have ventilated seats, but if there's that option somewhere floating around in the general area where I buy a car... And it's in the same price range of what I'm spending, it will have ventilated seats. Um, just a very nice little uh, benefit if you're living in the hot climate. Um, I honestly don't know because uh, my boss doesn't like anything, he doesn't like to be hot at all. I have no idea if the ventilated seats are just air conditioned or if they're heated as well. But uh, next one Tesla E Tesla Pat Free. According to Elon's Twitter account, the Supercharger version 3 should be out later this summer. So if you own a Tesla, that's exciting. I don't know how many they'll have out, but we talked about last week how there's a ton of model uh, Superchargers in the planning and building phase right now. Uh, Simon Alvarez from Tesla Teslarati. Tesla owners will soon be able to request service uh, from Tesla with the mobile app in in most cases, the Tesla Ranger will drive their van out and fix your car, which I think is super cool. I recently, my wife actually, recently had a battery issue on her van. And it would have been really nice if uh, a Tesla Ranger would have just driven to where my wife was and, and helped her out with a new battery. Um, as opposed to me having to drive all the way downtown and then finally getting there, and the tow truck finally getting there, and giving her a jump, and then we both had to drive to like you know the dealership because it's still under warranty. It was just a big pain. We didn't get home until like eight o'clock at night, and I left at like four twenty. Four twenty. There's no coincidence there. Uh, next up, Fred Lambert. Uh, Tesla open sources some of its software. If you don't know what open source software is, it's basically software that's worked on. Uh, by the community and a lot of the, or if not all of the libraries, software libraries are uh, free and open and allow people to just kind of go in through through the code and look and find uh, security vulnerabilities um, in the software or even ways to kind of make it better and they take that open source software and they roll that into whatever they're doing, which is really good. Um, Not all Tesla software. They didn't open source all Tesla software. But they got a little grief because they use open source software, but they don't contribute back. And I guess this is Tesla contributing back to the open source community, which is good. Um, Autoblogs from Reuters. Two consumer groups. and I, uh, I don't want to get into the Okay. Let's read it first. Uh, two s- consumer groups. The Center for Auto Safety and Consumer Watchdog, these are U.S. groups, are asking the Federal Trade Commission to investigate Tesla for using the name Autopilot. Uh, They are saying that the name Autopilot is deceptive and misleading. Uh, They blame a series of ads and press releases for the deception. Uh, They're also saying that Tesla is marketing level two vehicles as self-driving. So here's what I have to say about that. I was not aware that Tesla ran ads at all. So I don't know where that's coming from. To the best of my knowledge, there's never been a Tesla ad. If I'm wrong, correct me, please. But to the best of my ability, and I've been doing this for almost two years, I've never seen a Tesla ad, other than the campaign that Tesla ran for uh, people to make their own ads last year. Um, And in terms of saying that uh, level two uh, self drive or level two autonomy is self driving. Uh, I don't I don't think they've ever made that claim, and it would be foolish for them to make that claim. Uh, they've said over and over again that it's important that it's an assistive technology. Uh, so here's kind of my take on this. Outside the Tesla slash EV slash automotive driving world, I think people kind of get confused on uh, on terms, because all these terms are very close uh, and similar. And if you don't know what level two autonomous is driving versus level three le- versus level four versus level five, like I can see where you'd say you hear autonomous driving and you think, oh, that's self-driving cars, full autonomy. And that's not the case. So I think a lot of this is not so much uh, to s- put, uh, to lay this at all at Tesla's feet. Cause I do think autopilot, um, I think there needs to be definitely some education because, uh, I understand that auto t- autopilot is an assistive technology, but do other people probably not. My wife wouldn't know the difference to be honest with you. And, you know, I do this podcast and, um, sometimes she talks to me about these things. <laughs> so I, I don't quite understand where this complaint is coming from. Uh, I don't think it's in anybody's best interest to file this complaint. Uh, Tesla owners do have to agree to a terms of service before they can enable autopilot. And the auto the terms of service, from what I understand, I have not read them. Uh, but from what I understand, it goes into what autopilot is and isn't and what you can and can't do. And Elon said in, I think it was one of the, I think it was the earnings call. He was saying that uh, the auto that most uh, crashes or incidents are with veteran drivers, not with new drivers who don't understand the technology. It's with drivers who do understand the technology. So that's kind of take that for what it's worth. Uh, I do kind of understand their concern because there are these crashes that are happening. Um, with autopilot on and off, and we'll talk about some of those a little later. Uh, Maybe not the crashes specifically, but we'll talk about some of the stuff around that. Um, So I do understand that this is scary, and it definitely needs um, more education for everybody, but I don't necessarily think they're being deceptive and misrepresenting what the technology can do. Next up, Jalopnik. Jalopnik uh bradley brownell 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 we'll say that model 3 performance uh cars and dual motor specs so elon uh sent these information out i think uh earlier this week or late last week so deliveries will begin late july the dual motor, just the regular, not the performance, but the dual motor will go zero to 60 in 4.5 seconds, and I think the standard does like 5.6 seconds. So you, just, you know, take a whole second off there. The performance model, which is still, you know, it's a souped-up, but it's still got two dual motors on it. Uh, that's 3.5 seconds zero to 60, which is awesome. Um, not for me. I don't need to go that fast that quickly, but. Still, if you were riding in it, that'd be pretty fun. Uh, the performance model will cost $78,000 and include all of the options with the exception of Autopilot. You still have to pay an additional price on that. If you just wanted the dual-motor all-wheel drive version of the car, so let's say it's I think it's $45,000 for, for the extended battery, you'd add another $5,000 on top of that to get the dual-motor. So that'd be 50, plus whatever else you're adding on to it. The the range remains about the same, from what I can tell. And uh, one of the cool things is if you have a dual-motor vehicle, and one motor goes out, the other motor will get you need to go and won't leave you stranded on the side of the road. So that is a positive. So let's talk about two articles by Recode and Politico that I kind of thought were a little bit of... Their headlines were BS. So here's the recode headline. Tell me what you think. While you're waiting for your well, excuse me. While you're while, you, oh, let's start over. Here's the recode article. While you are waiting f- for your Tesla Model 3, its price nearly doubled. Now that's, you know, goes in line with the Jalopnik article we just talked about with the performance and the dual motor. That uh it doesn't even matter what the um Article says after that the headline is completely misleading and extremely, I think, unprofessional because the car didn't double. Um, you can still buy, at some point, the thirty. And we'll go into that actually later. The thirty-five thousand dollar base model, you can still buy that. It didn't go up to seventy-eight thousand dollars. The extended uh, uh, range that didn't go up to seventy-eight thousand dollars. That's the performance model, and that's really disingenuous. And, and kind of underhanded. And I like Recode. I think it's a great publication. But good God. Come on. That, that Be responsible. And the other one is Politico. And here is the headline for them. Are electric cars worse for the environment? That one isn't as bad. Because in the article. I didn't read the article. Because honestly the, the thing that I'm talking about here is the headline. Um, in a world where we're trying to get everybody on board with uh, cleaner technology and cleaner um, modes of transportation and, and use you know generating energy, you could that article could say um, are solar panels worse for the environment than you know natural gas or whatever natural gas plants or coal plants uh, That's not really the article. I don't think that's the, 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 where the, the article, the headline should be. That shouldn't be the headline. Um, you're already putting someone into a frame of mind before they read the article, and I don't think that's cool. And then the, the, the recode one is really kind of shameless. Um, as a rule, I don't agree with Elon when he says that uh, all of these articles are hit pieces, or m- some of these articles are hit pieces, and being unfair. But in these two cases, I completely agree. It's, it's it's garbage. It's crap. It's not a good. It's not a good look for these publications, which I enjoy both of them. Next up, Autoblog, by way of Reuters. Consumer Reports gave the Model Three a very bad grade in uh, braking. Says that it takes way too long to brake and slow down. Uh sounds like from some tweets that Elon had is that the Consumer Reports had an early production car. I don't know that that should matter that much. Elon admitted that there was a braking issue and it will be fixed with a software update. And uh, Elon did say the Consumer Reports tests were far worse than what Tesla had internally for tests. Um, consumer reports obtained another model three, a second one, and they have to, as far as I know, they buy them th- themselves and they got the same results, but consumer reports did say that they retest, they would retest the model three after the software update to see if the, uh, braking performance improved. Ooh, next one, Fred Lambert from electric. So this is going to go into a union talk. Are you ready? Elon was talking about unions, uh, specifically Tesla employees uh, joining union. Basically, what he said is in Tesla employees, if they wanted to unionize, they can. And there's no way for Tesla to stop them because California is a pro-union state, which is a good point. But Elon does maintain that employees don't want to be part of the UAW. They may or may not be true. We don't know. I doubt he pulled the entire uh, workforce at the Fremont factory and other factories around the U.S. Um, And Elon's kind of been outwardly cold. He's kind of had an attitude, it seems, from afar towards unions in the past. And I don't know if Tesla has advised its employees that unions are bad and employees will lose benefits and stock options. There's tons. Like you can go online and find anti-union videos from Lowe's and Walmart and places like that. Um, so I don't know if Tesla's em- employed any of those tactics. I haven't seen or heard anything, so it doesn't seem like they have. But here's the thing. Uh, unions or labor... They have an agenda and Tesla, the management side, they also have an agenda. Sometimes, even though they're working at the same place, doing the same thing, those agendas don't always match. Like if you have a manager or the manager of the plant and they're making X amount of dollars and their financial needs are covered. Well, then the financial need for the manager is not as as severe as uh, strong as the financial need for the labor who's struggling to pay rent, pay the mortgage or whatever. And I'm not saying that these are the cases. I'm just giving you an example that just because the manager, or just because one side, I don't even use management as example, just because one side values something doesn't mean the other side's going to value it and find importance in it. So uh, because those agendas don't always match, negotiating is a great way for uh, both sides to get together and um, help bring their goals, um, align them closer, help bring their goals closer together, I guess, to align labor goals and management goals. All right, I screwed that up, but basically, you know what I'm saying, kind of come to common ground. Um, and you know what? Here's here's the thing. And whether it's a union thing or not, it's all about respect and feeling that you're valued for the thing that you're doing. And that's on both sides. Uh, being Getting respect as a manager and feeling like um, if you're working hard for your employees, feeling like they appreciate that. And the vice versa, if you're on the labor side and you're working your butt off, uh, working double shifts or whatever overtime, that you feel like you're being valued by the management and not just them saying, hey, good job, we value you, like really valued. I don't know. I would have never been there, and I don't know anybody that works there. So as you know, I am pro-union, and I hope they do call for the vote. Like, uh, actually, I think I neglected to mention this up here. Elon suggested that Tesla might actually call for a, a vote, a union vote, and see if people vote to become either union or part of the UAW, which is still union, but it's unclear if the UAW is something that they want to be a part of or maybe they want to be a part of a different union. I don't know. I don't know all the auto unions out there. But uh, if they do that, hold on, here's the thing. I don't know if Tesla can do that. It seems like the call for a vote to unionize should come from the employees and not from uh, corporate Uh, entities but in terms of uh, from what I've seen from Elon in this subject it it seems more open and that seems more encouraging to me so um, I hope in either case um, whether they vote for it or don't vote for it I hope that they, they do hold that vote and if it passes or it doesn't at least they have that opportunity and they can always go back and choose one way or the other if they don't like it. So that's positive. It's a little more harder. It's a little harder if they go back and uh, vote to be non-union once they're union. But anyway, whole point is, I think uh, this is a good this is a good place for the employees to be. And hopefully, uh, if they do vote to be union, the company will support them. And they'll support the company because that's important too. Uh, next up, Simon Alvarez. And here are some key points from the Boring Company information session in Los Angeles. I'm going to run through these real quick because we're running out of time We're at 27 minutes here. The Boring Company, uh, their tunnel machines are going to be all electric. So basically they have Tesla batteries. Uh, following behind the tunneling machines to reduce the need for long cables. And when those batteries die, they wheel those ones out and wheel new ones in, and they're good to go. Keep keep on uh, 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 tunneling, keep on digging, and that eliminates these, the, the need for these really long cables, which I'm sure aren't cheap and is probably as big around as my head. Uh, the boring company's goal is to dig excuse me, is to drill and lay tunnel walls simultaneously, all while removing dirt with an electric locomotive equipped with two Model 3 motors. So, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a lot going on simultaneously. Uh, what are they going to do with the rock that's being removed? They're going to make those into interlocking bricks. I think we talked about this. Um, the blocks can be used for affordable housing, Um, You can also build things with them. Uh, Tesla will have little building plans that you can buy. And uh, apparently they're better than cinder blocks. So um, who knows if that's true. But um, if they can be built, if they can be used for affordable housing, that's awesome. So there's going to be the Urban Loop and the Hyperloop. So the Urban Loop is these little pods uh, designed for uh, commuters, local commuters. It's going to cost a dollar on uh, a ticket. And they'll go about 150 miles an hour. You can go from downtown LA to uh, LAX airport in about eight minutes. And each pod will carry 16 people. Uh, Now, this isn't the Hyperloop. Well, the Hyperloop is where they use the vacuum. And they um, basically, like, you travel like 700 miles an hour through this loop. Um, It's going to be really similar and still have a pod the, the Hyperloop will of 16 people, but you'll go 700 miles an hour, which is insane. Uh, during construction, there will be no street clo- closures. Um, they won't need to move any utilities or anything like that. They're not going to tunnel beneath homes or businesses right now. Th- as a proof of concept, they're just tunneling underneath uh, Sepulveda Boulevard in, in L.A. They're working closely with the L.A. Metro, which is what we talked about last week. They're using rocket technology. Um, to help build these tunnels, which I'd like to know specifically more about that. And, uh, of course, I thought I brought this up last week, but they're going to do a full environmental study uh, before any work's performed. And that makes sense because it would be pretty poor of uh, a company that Elon owns to to, um, unnecessarily damage the environment. So let's get to the news section. We're at 30 minutes already. First up, this is from Wired um, and Jack Stewart. And this was something um, that I've wondered because two Teslas have now hit parked fire trucks. And why do they do that? Uh, it's not just Tesla's, Tesla's autopilot. It's also uh, Volvo's Pilot Assist. They don't see parked cars. And basically... Um, Here's why. Traffic. This is from the Testament manual. Traffic-aware cruise control cannot detect all objects. It may not bra- break or decelerate for stationary vehicles, especially in situations where you're driving over 50 miles an hour and the vehicle you are following moves out of your driving path and a stationary vehicle or our object is in front of you instead. So does that make sense? So if you're driving along and the car in front of you sees a stationary object, it's going to move out of the way. Your car in autopilot, you're not going to see that. This is the Volvo manual. It says Pilot Assist will ignore the stationary vehicle instead of, and instead accelerate to the stored speed. Um, this is kind of like cru- cruise control in this case. The driver must then intervene and apply the brakes. So if you are, um, you got to still got to be paying attention basically. Um, and the car is not going to stop itself. So basically, why is this? Why is uh, stationary or static objects? Why is it doing this? Well, because there are so many. Uh, there can be, could potentially be, so many stationary objects. Let's say you're on the freeway and you go underneath an underpass. It might read the underpass, the big pylons that are supporting that. It might really read that as a stationary object. So that's going to interfere with braking. Um, there really might be. Uh, maybe there's a, a car on the side of the road, it reads that as a stationary object and it starts to break, even though that car is clear of your lane. So basically the, the vehicles, or excuse me, the autopilot systems or the, the assisting systems in both of these vehicles, they basically the engineers have said, ignore these. Now there's some uh, criticism that maybe the radar... And the sensors in these cars aren't as good, and have a difficult time uh, detecting whether these uh, big, massive vehicles like fire trucks are um, really uh, stationary or not. But basically, that's the like the the basic over um, the basic reason is if it stopped at every stationary object, the the autopilot system or the driver assist system wouldn't work very well. You'd constantly having to overcome that. And uh, let's see. The last and final story is Ars Technica Megan Guess. And we're gonna talk about the Model 3 base model. And then we're gonna this is gonna be real quick. But Elon announced the dual motor in the performance model. We talked about that for the Model Three. But where's the base model? So Elon he took to Twitter and he added a little color to the to the question. And basically, it comes down to getting the line up and running. We're talking. I don't like to use this term because it seems um, uh, like I'm not qualified. But economies of scale. Um, If they were to build the base model now according to Elon, they would lose money and die. So from what I gather from the article is the more expensive model. So there's not as much uh, financial cushion. There's not as much profit, and it makes sense, in the base model than there is in the um, extended model. And then they sell you the autopilot, and then they sell you the this, and then they sell you the that. They're making money off of every upsell. Versus the base model, they can't build them fast enough. So if they can only build 2,000 and they're making, let's just say, I don't know. I don't know what they're making. Let's pretend they're making a thousand dollars on each car at the base price. Um, and they're only building 5,000 a week. It's not going to give them enough money to continue, um, building cars. Eventually they're just going to run out of money because it's not enough. So they could build a relatively, uh, uh, low amount of cars now so a relatively small amount of cars uh, while they're figuring everything out but each car is bringing them a bigger piece of profit so that's kind of where that goes and when will we get the base model well um, that's three to six months after they can continuously hit the 5000 a week goal so uh, right now we're not there uh, I think they said sometime in July. It looks like they'll hit five thousand a week. So you know, sometimes in sometime in two thousand nineteen, you can assume that the base model is going to be released. Which is a really long time if you're holding out for an affordable car. Because I'll be honest, forty-five thousand plus is not an affordable car. Thirty-five thousand is not really an affordable car. It's still pretty expensive. Um. So if you're a Model 3 reservation holder and you're holding out for that car, it's going to be a long time. And if you don't live in the United States or you have a right-handed drive uh, country where your steering wheel on the right-hand side of the road, it's even going to be longer. Um, so I know that's probably not something you want to hear, but that's kind of the way it is. And hopefully they'll figure all, this pro- all these problems out. And when the Model Y rolls around, uh, we won't have any of these issues. Fingers crossed. Well, it's in the show, shall we? Uh, first, I want to say, please go listen to Dale's podcast. Links in the show notes. Um, please, please, please go listen to it. And uh, you can email me, Bodie at 918digital.com. You can uh, find me on Twitter at 918digital. And uh, Bodie is B-O-D-I-E, by the way. Um, I'm going to skip the phone number. Nobody ever uses that. Leave a review uh, wherever you get this podcast, which is usually iTunes, because that actually helps us get more listeners, and that supports the show. So if you can't or don't want to be a uh, Patreon supporter, that's totally fine. If you can find a little time to review the show, I would really appreciate it. And that's it, everybody. I hope you have a wonderful, if you live in the United States, a Memorial Day weekend. If you live anywhere else in the world, I just hope you have a great week. And I will talk to you on Saturday. No, it's not Saturday. Next Friday. Good God. starting to get late. All right, everybody. Have a great week. And I will talk to you next Friday.